Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. I'm waiting back there. You know what I'm waiting for, right? Come on, smiles back there. Smile. Thank you, Jesus. We got a lot to smile about. Trust me, heaven is our home. Thank God this isn't our permanent home. He's going to provide a better way for us and a way to handle the ways of the world. All right, welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone. I'd like to thank everyone for coming out this morning to get a portion of God's Word. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this morning, as always, for making all this possible for us by going to the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins, so we can have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet Earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. We gather here to learn about our Creator. And find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a goal, and that is to grow up spiritually and start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we study it, learn it, and apply it to see how God wants us to live, how to think, how to act, how to serve, how to treat ourselves and others. Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very, very precious to God. One body, many parts. parts. I want to personally welcome all you to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. Also, I want to say hello to our family who are watching from the live feed, who can't be with us this morning. If you'd like to worship with us, In unity of the Spirit today, together this morning, we love you all and thank you for your continued support. And if you do have a cell phone, can you silence it or put it on vibrate so it doesn't disturb this morning's service? And we will start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Gracious Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, thank you for giving us this beautiful day and another day of life, an opportunity to gather together as your family to worship and to honor, and to glorify you, Lord. Thank you for getting us here safely, Lord. Help us to make your ways our ways, Lord, by crucifying our flesh each and every day and helping us to walk in newness of life in the Spirit, Lord. We're just so grateful for the opportunity of your matchless grace and tender-hearted mercies that begin afresh every morning, Lord. Help us all to develop that holy amnesia, forgetting the past, not holding on to any resentments or bitterness, and looking forward to what lies ahead, and to love one another unconditionally like you love us unconditionally. Father, help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of that promise, Lord. We pray for all the churches this morning, and all the pastors that might be going through some hardship, Lord, as the end times draw near, Lord, as the devil is trying to take us all out, Lord, and make us understand that the world is better than the word, Lord. Help us, Lord, and help the pastors that are sick and suffering, Lord, to strengthen them, Lord. Reassure them you'll never leave them nor forsake them. 
and help the congregation, Lord, to understand that your ways are higher than our ways, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight, Lord. We also pray for people who might not be feeling well, Lord, and people who might be unsaved out there, that this message reaches the lost and dying this morning, and bring others into your kingdoms, Lord, by your word, Lord. And thank you for everything you do in our lives. And as always, Father, let everything be led by your spirit this morning, and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen and amen. Lord, we're going to stand and worship the Lord.
love that song. Let my Jesus change your life. And He will change your life. Because He changed my life. Took me out of the darkness and brought me into the light. One thing you have to do is allow Him to. Say, well, do I really need to change? Yes, we all need to change. Amen. All of us need to change. Just, just remember, the world is not going to change because you become a Christian. You're going to change. Your perspective is going to change. You're going to see things in a different light, the way God sees things. As a matter of fact, it's going to look worse, and you're going to see how evil the world really is and what it follows when you become a Christian. And all you can do is pray for that, that they find what you found, and share that with someone else that's in despair and has no hope. Our hope is in Jesus. Not the world. It can't do anything for us. You can try for your whole life to let this world fulfill something in you, and it will, you will always come up empty. I'm get a big amen there. All right, let's turn to Psalm 121. I'm going to start there this morning as we talk about our spiritual warfare. This subject is so needed in churches today. People understand what they're up against and how to fight back. You get any men here this morning? All right, pay attention. This is a very important message as the Holy Spirit will be taking over to clear your mind and your heart of any burdens and let the Spirit take over this morning so you can get a crystal clear message through the Word. Psalm 121. Well, she's got me here for this one. I can't go anywhere here. She's got me cornered. She picked a psalm. I can't go ahead or back doing the whole thing. See? She finally caught me. That's okay. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Psalm 121, verse 1. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. Look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel, never slumbers or sleep. As a believer today, you are now spiritual Israel. So he is watching over you today. And any amen here. You have to understand, you are now his children. We are all spiritual Israel. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you. As your protective shade. Realize it or don't realize it. He stands beside each and every one of us every day. Can I get an amen here? Not only does he stand beside you. But God our Father watches over us. And the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And Jesus walks along with you. Three over one. The Trinity. Verse 6. The sun will not harm you by day. Nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Can I get a big amen here, please? This morning, you're not going to feel him. But he just told you he keeps you from all harm. The only one who does the harm is you to yourself, is you and the devil, if you let him. The Lord is your protector. He will guide you by his, the word of his mouth. The word of God is what protects us this morning, my brothers and sisters. And if you don't know the word of God, you have to learn the word of God. 
So you will know to fight back with the devil with scripture and not with the flesh. We don't fight against flesh and blood enemies. So let's start there this morning in Ephesians chapter 6 so we can get a good understanding of what we're really up against here. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 10. Paul's talking to Ephesus. Right now he's talking to Greystone. As the word comes alive this morning, he is using me the vessel to relay it to you. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So what is he saying to be strong in the Lord? I'm going to tell you what that means right now. Be strong in the word. The Lord is the word of God. So be strong in the word of God and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. The devil is very strategic and we cannot overpower him in the flesh. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, my brothers and sisters, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. There is a realm we cannot see. You have to understand there's a realm you cannot see, and the devil comes in and he tempts you and he throws things into your mind and you cannot see where they're coming from because if you could, they would never get in. You know it as well as I do when you're praying. You'll be thinking, you'll be on target praying and all of a sudden some evil thought will come into your head. Where did it come from? It came from authorities and powers that we cannot see. And we have no power against. The only one who has power against them is Jesus Christ and his word. Can I get an amen here? We have to understand that. So you have to understand there's a power out there that we can't see. And it's hard for us to grasp sometimes. That we don't understand that we can't see it. So we don't believe it. But we have to believe there's a power behind all of this. Now listen. We are not fighting against, verse 12, flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. What's the time of evil? When temptation and desires and opportunity meet all at once. Is that evil day. What are you going to do? Are you going to fall into that desire? Or are you going to resist it and give it to God? That's the day of evil, when temptation and desires and opportunity meet. Once they meet, what are you going to do with that? Now you're at a crossroad. You're either going to say yes and fulfill it, or no through the word of God. Say, no, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. Any good thing comes from above. Any dark things comes from the devil. I get an amen here. We have to understand that. Then it says, then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. You know it as well as I do, the battle's up here. It's a battle of the mind. Before anything even takes place, the war's going on in your head. 
before you carry out an action, it's going on between here. You get the little de- angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other. Remember the Flintstones, remember that? You had the little devil and the, and the devil would always pitchfork the angel off. Well, as Christians, we pitchfork the devil off. And we follow his ways. Can I get an amen here? And he gives us the power to do it. To say no. But he doesn't take away our free will. We can still carry it out if we choose. And reap the consequence. Now it says, stand your ground, verse 14. Now how do I stand my ground? Putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news. So that you will be fully prepared. You know it as well as I do. Somebody's always trying to take that peace away from you. So no, my peace doesn't come from my surroundings. My peace comes from God. And his promises to me. That's where my peace comes from. <laughs> it comes from the good news. So you will be put on the peace that comes from the good news. So that you will be fully prepared. Look at verse 16. In addition to all these things, so I guess there's a lot of things we're going to do than just sit in the pew and read the Bible. No, we have to what? Put on the armor and actually use it. And that's what we're all trying to learn to do. And it's a struggle. The flesh and the spirit struggle against this. And you know it as well as I do. You want to do the right thing sometimes, and you find yourself doing the wrong thing. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who's going to free me from this? Oh, this is my Lord Jesus. The word of God. We're going to go there. Now listen. In addition of all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Fiery arrows. That means he's not going to stop. Listen, as long as you're a Christian following Jesus, he is always going to try to take you out. And get any man here. He's not going to stop. You might get him in one area. He's going to shoot an arrow somewhere else at you. He knows just what to do. Because he knows what you fell into, and he knows what your desires are, and he tempts you with them desires. I'm going to teach you on this. Now it says, verse 17, Put on salvation, knowing that I'm saved as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You put on salvation saying, Listen, I am not saved by my performance. I am saved by my belief. I believe in Jesus I don't perform well all the time, but that's where his grace and mercy comes in. I am not going to falter. I'm going to pick myself up, dust myself off, and get back in the game. And don't let him defeat you, because he's already defeated. He wants you to feel defeated. But one thing about the word of God is not a feeling. The word of God is a fact. He wants you to grow beyond your feelings and trust your faith. I get an amen here, and that's what we're here to do, to learn how to do that, and to put into practice everything that you're learning. Okay, now look what it says in verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times, and on every occasion. What does he mean by praying in the Spirit? When you're praying in the flesh, you're asking for Cadillacs and Armani suits and beautiful material things. But when you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying the things of God, what God wants for you. How can I serve you, Lord? What can I do, Lord, to help somebody? You're not praying for yourself anymore. You're praying in the Spirit of God for others. In the flesh, it's all about me. Oh, Lord, please give me a better home. Give me a better day. Please don't let me suffer today. As a Christian, you're going to suffer. He's not going to answer that kind of prayer. He's going to give you a way to handle the suffering, not eliminate the suffering. 
Can I get an amen here? Don't misunderstand the Bible. Just because you become a Christian, don't think you're going to get blessed, blessed, blessed. Because the more we get blessed, the more we're going to get tested to see if we can handle the blessing. Because a lot of times when we get blessed, it turns us away from Him. And we rely on our own strength and power. Can I get an amen here? When you grow up, maturity, you use all the blessings, what? To help the kingdom of God. Not for your own personal gain. Okay, now listen. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Now, you know all of us don't pray on every occasion. We're not always praying in the Spirit all the time. Thank God for His grace and mercy. Stay alert and be persistent. You know when you're persistent to get something done that you want something? You're so persistent to get it accomplished. He wants you to be persistent in your prayer life because that's something that we're all weak in. It's not a natural thing for us to pray. We have to what? Keep practicing, practicing, practicing. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Can I get a big amen here? I hope you're praying for them. And this one too. Now listen. This is important. And pray for me too. Why? Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles. I need plenty of prayer to carry out this message because the devil's always trying to scramble my mind and not portray it to you clearly. So I need plenty of prayer. So please, always pray. Look what it says in verse 20, Apostle Paul. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. He was in chains still preaching the good news. Let me tell you something. The, the, the devil never lets up on me. He's always all over me, and that's why you need to pray for me so I can keep doing this and not get discouraged. Amen? Amen. Trust me. We pray for each other. We need plenty of it. Okay. Now, remember we talked about some stuff last week about how the devil attacks us, and I gave us some things that we talked about. I'm going to start in the beginning. I'm just going to go through the gamut. We talked about the fatigue that he gives us. He makes us feel fatigued and tired, too tired to read our Bible, too tired to come to church, too tired to get a message. He creates fatigue in us. Okay? That's one of the spiritual attacks that the devil uses. We already talked about that, so go back into it. The next one, okay, is anxiety. Okay? Everybody thinks that anxiety is something that God, we always, all of us get anxiety. If I told you the amount of anxiety I get when I preach a message like this, you would not believe it. What do you think I got all these fans on for? My hands are ready to sweat. It's just crazy. The devil's always over me, but listen, he's got my back so I can get through this. And so can you. Don't depend on anything from the world to control your anxiety. Depend on the word of God and his promises. Can I get an amen here? It's all meditation. Hang in there with me now. Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The Apostle Peter offered a good word just before the verse that describes Satan as a prowling lion. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. How many of us get anxiety all the time over things? You know what I'm talking about. It paralyzes us. 
It stops us from doing things. Powerful. Then let me tell you something. That doesn't come from God. That comes from your enemy, the devil. It's a spirit. Anxiety is not an emotion. Anxiety is a spirit that comes inside the believer to stop them in their tracks from serving God and doing the right thing. It paralyzes us. We have to understand these things are not emotions. They're spirits. It's the spirit of anxiety that comes into the believer. Especially if, like, I called one of you to come up here right now and say something. What kind of anxiety would be going through you right now? Would you be able to do it? Most of you wouldn't be able to do it because the anxiety would grip you with fear. Says there's no way I can get up there and say anything. Can I get an amen here? You know what I'm talking about, right? Exactly. Where'd that come from? Did God say I'm going to give them anxiety so they can't say something about me? No. The devil did. Now look what it says in verse 6 of 1 Peter 5. Everybody with me so far here? Pay attention. It's important. You're going to learn something here. I ain't going to teach you well. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And, listen now, at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. So don't think, just because you get rid of your pride and get humble, that everything's just going to be hunky-dory and everything's going to go away. It doesn't work that way. You have to be patient and wait on the Lord. Now it says in verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God. So give all your anxiety to God. Worries and cares are anxieties to God. For he cares about you. Now look at in verse 8. This is where we catch Christians sleeping. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. How do you know that the devil's around? Whoever people around you in your periphery, all of a sudden they'll be talking to you like, why are they talking to me like that? They're getting mean and nasty. And you blame them. Say, why are you talking to me that way? There's something behind it making them talk to you that way. And so what do you do? You attack the person instead of pray that the devil's attacking them to what? Give them the peace they need to resist that. What does he do? He makes us go after the people. There's something behind that causing that to happen. You know, he said, oh, that person's off today. Yeah, we go off. Like the devil gets in our heads sometimes and causes us, and we don't even realize it. And you say, where did that come from? You're not usually like that. What happened? And then you say, I don't know. Right? Some people say, I don't know why. Why are you angry? I don't know why I'm angry. I'm just angry. Right? A lot of it happens on the way to church, right? How many of you get into an argument on the way to church? Don't answer that. Not only that, what happens? Traffic comes. Something happens to try to stop you. Get you all aggravated. So I'm going to be late for church, right? By the time you get to church, you're like, you're on fire. You can't even love anybody because you're all, you're all, you know, I can't say the word. You're all peed off. So you come into church, like, and that's just what the devil wants to do. He wants to make you angry and aggravated. So when you come to church, it's like, I don't want to go to church. Look at these people. They're worse than me. I came here to get some peace. And that's just what the devil does, though. Can I get an amen here? Am I the only one that goes through this? Thank you. Let's be real here. We all come in to see you. Oh, gee, I love everybody. Yeah, well, you know. You know the truth. Close the door of your house. That's the real you. Okay, so I understand all that. Okay? Now look what it says. Stand firm against him and be strong in your what? 
in your flesh. No, no, it doesn't say be strong in your flesh, does it? It says to be strong in your faith. He wants us strong in our flesh to try to fight him back. Not happening. You cannot fight the devil. He will always win. You are not strong enough. That's why you have to become humble. If you're a pride son, prideful son of a gun, think you can handle this, the devil, the God will humble you and show you that you can't. Can I get any men here? Remember now, it says, that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. So what he's saying is you're not unique. It's not just you that's going through something. All of us are. So what do we do? We don't get the poor me syndrome. We say, guess what? We all suffer. We all suffer together as a family. We build each other up. Now look what it says. Verse 10. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after, now listen. It's telling us after you have suffered a little while. So can you just understand that you are going to suffer? Can I get an amen here? I'm a Christian and I am going to suffer. Get that through your head and understand that. It says, after you have suffered a little while, he, the God, will restore, he will support and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. And all power to him forever. Amen. Can I get, a, can I get an amen here? He's the one, after, instead of trying to get out of suffering, none of us want to suffer. We try to get out of it. He says, after you suffer a little while, he will restore you, he will support you, and he will strengthen you. You cannot support yourself. That's why you need him. There's where the pride comes in. We think that we can do it. We fail every time. Scripture, scripture, scripture is what tells us the reality of our condition, which is fatal. We can't fix ourselves. If we could fix ourselves, we would not need Jesus Christ in our lives. So stop trying to fix yourself. You can't fix it. He, he, not, you can't improve your old life. He needs to give you a new life. That's why it's called born again. That old life has to die. What do we do? We try to keep that alive by what? Self-help and willpower. Self-help and willpower will not, will not help you in the days of evil. It just won't do it. You might be able to resist for a little while. See, willpower is not doing something that you want to do. Self-control is getting a new desire and not even wanting it anymore. It's a new life. So I don't want that anymore. See, when you, when you give yourself willpower, you say, all right, I'm not going to drink that anymore. I don't want that. I don't want it. But you still do. Over time, you resist it, resist it. I don't do that anymore. Now you're a sneaky sinner. You do it behind the back. Now you're even worse. You're even more torment. Now you're lying to everybody saying that I don't do that when I still do it. That's because willpower doesn't work. You're only lying to yourself. And that only torments you even more. Instead of saying, Lord, change my desires so I don't want it anymore. So you can put it in front of me a hundred times. I do not desire that. Because my flesh doesn't want that. My spirit wants something better. Wants the things of God, not the things of the flesh. Get it? No, nothing to do with willpower. So get rid of that. Forget the self-help books. Jesus is the, is the helper. Can I get an amen here? Thank you. I'm trying to help you here. 
How do I know all this? Because I tried everything else already. That's why I'm up here. And I'm still alive to tell about it. I cannot help myself. If I could, I wouldn't have to come up here. Every day I've got to depend on Jesus Christ to sustain me every day. Or else I'm going back into that flesh. And it is ugly back there. And you know what it is too. You know your own flesh, how ugly it can be. Can I get an amen here? All right. So we're talking about the anxiety here. Now, what's another one I want to talk about? Go to Isaiah 41. Three scriptures on anxiety, and we're going to move on. Isaiah 41, look at verse 9. This is awesome. Jesus said, I didn't, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Look what he says right here in verse 9. I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant, for I have chosen you. Listen, God is not your servant, you are his servant. You understand the difference? It's no longer you serving you. It's you serving him from now on. That's the thing. There's where the joy comes in, and that's where the peace that passes all understanding comes in. As long as you're serving yourself, there will never be peace in your life. You have to make a decision to serve him. Serving you is the problem to begin with. Look what it says. For I have chosen you, and I will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. There it is right there. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. How many of us are discouraged this morning, my brothers and sisters? Be honest. You know, we're walking this Christian life and we get discouraged. How come things ain't working out the way I planned? Because your plans are not his plans. He's got a better plan for you. You see, he sees the beginning to the end. We're always in the moment. He sees the whole picture. He knows what's best for you now. So in then, you'll be more, be more in tune with him. He knows what's best. Father knows best. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. Listen, I will strengthen you and help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Do you believe that this morning, my brothers and sisters? If you don't believe it, it won't happen. But if you believe it, it will. It's unbelief that keeps all these things from happening in your life. You have to believe it. I believe that the Lord is with me. I believe he's going to take care of me. He's going to take away my discouragement in due season. I'm not going to take it away on my own. I'm going to trust him to take it away. I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow through it. I'm going to go through the valley to get onto the mountaintop, not around the valley. The nation Israel walked around for 40 years on an 11-day journey. If they just would have trusted God, they would have been the promised man in 11 days. He had to take them around and around and around until they were smart enough and only two people got in. That's why you go through your whole life with all these things because you never really believed that God was with you and that he would take care of you. You kept trying to do it on your own and it just won't work. You go through your whole life missing the mark. Now, Matthew chapter 11, go with me there. I wish I could tell you 
that you come become a Christian and all your burdens are going to be like gone. They're not going to be gone, but I know someone who's going to take them for you if you give them to him. How do I know? Go to Matthew 11. I'm going to show you. Matthew chapter 11, look at verse 28. And how many of us don't do this? Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Now, is there anybody in here this morning that is weary and carries heavy burdens? Well, that's why you're here. He says, Come to me, and you are here. And it says, And I will give you rest. You cannot get it yourself. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. See it? Listen. The Holy Spirit is your teacher, which is the Word of God. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now, let me ask you this. If your burdens are heavy and they're not light, why? It's because you're not giving them to him. You're keeping them. Get it? It says give all your cares to me because I care about you. I'm gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. Let me tell you something, I learned how to do that. I let somebody torture me for about 10 minutes. Then I say, you know what? I'm done with this. Lord, here's it is. You give it to you, I give him the keys. It's over. And I move on. I change the channel. Because I'm powerless over that. I cannot control what people think, say, and do. Or people, places, and things out there. So what do I have to do? I have to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I can't fix it. You have to give it to him. And when you give it to him, they're like this. Why didn't I do that a long time ago? But you really have to do it. It's not osmosis. You have to make a choice to do this. The power is in the belief. Get a big amen here. Who doesn't get anxiety? All right, now. What is the key to living in God's presence? Humility. When we understand that we are powerless to face Satan in our own strength, we begin to grasp the depth of our need for God. And if we are feeling overburdened, there is an excellent chance we are hanging on to responsibilities that aren't ours to bear. They belong to God. Can I get a big amen now? The next one I'm going to talk about, <laughs> stress. Anybody stressed out in here this morning? Guess what? That's a spirit. Who creates all the stress in your life? The flesh and the devil. Why am I stressed out if I give all my burdens and cares to God? Why should I be stressed out? I should have peace all the time. So you're really thinking that you're doing it, but you're really not. How do you know? Because if you're all stressed out, then you didn't give it to him. You kept it. Listen, the Bible mentions, has plenty to say about stressful situations, okay? King David was someone who faced many trials. He fought wild animals, a giant, 
and the king and the king is a young man. Later in life, his own son attempted to kill him. Although God did not remove the stressful situations from David's life, he sustained David through them all. He didn't remove them, he sustained them through them. So how many times do you say, God, take this from me? My grace is sufficient for you. My power works best in your weakness. He's not going to take it. He's going to give you a way to handle it. Get it? What's his name? Uh, Saul put a hit on David's life. David could have went in the cave. He'd seen him right there. He could have killed him right there and stopped it. He says, I will not touch God's anointed. And he still chased him to try to kill him. So let me tell you something. Anything that's happened in your life, God is allowing it for a reason. So don't get mad at him. Just try to understand why he's doing it. He's trying to grow me up and give me, take me through these stressful situations so I have something, so I have something to hold on to. So I can get through it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Don't try to get away with it. Go through it. That's the problem. We try to get out of it instead of go through it. He's always going to be with us. And Scripture promises that God will do the same for us. Psalm 55, 22 tells us, Cast your burdens to the Lord, and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Hmm. Go with me to Psalms 55, verse 22. I can see the stress. You, can see, you can't get out of it on your face. You get them, those lines on your forehead. Especially, you know, you women, you want to stay looking young, right? Well, you've got to get out of the stress because that's going to make you look old. <laughs> you, 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 you don't want a facelift. You want a fake lift. Trust me, you want a fake lift. People don't understand when they do all that work to their face, the rest of their body's all old and wrinkled. It just looks weird. They start looking like the Joker, and they put that sideways thing on. What's wrong with you? You look worse than before. Instead of just accepting it, hey, listen, you know, all of us get there. We're all seasoned now, and those days are gone, and I have to accept the fact that, you know, I can take care of myself to the best of my ability, but I'm not going to take myself to the body shop and put plastic all over my face. That doesn't work. That only works on cars. <laughs> okay. You need a faith lift. Trust me. That'll keep you young. You want to stay young? Get all the stress out of your life. Maintain a peaceful life. You'll stay young. You'll look younger. It'll take away all the... It kills you. All the stress, all the anxiety, all the things I'm talking about is what puts us in the grave. Go to the doctors. They'll tell you. You've got too much stress in your life. They'll tell you right out what it is. But they try to handle it the wrong way. We handle it the right way here. We let Jesus take it. We don't handle it the way the world tells you to handle it. And I'm not going to say how. So look at verse 55, verse 20, look at Psalm 55, verse 22. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe it? 
Well, if you believe it, then you have it. Now look what it says. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Now listen to me, my brothers and sisters. If you choose to live ungodly as a Christian, you will slip and fall. But if you choose to live godly, you will not slip and fall. He will not permit that to happen. That's a choice you have to make. You want to live ungodly, you're going to slip and fall. You choose to live godly, now God can help you. That's a choice you have to make. Look what it says. But you, O oh God, will send the wicked down to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will die young. But I am trusting you to save me. Now, he's, what do you, you know what he's saying? I am trusting you to save me from myself. That's what he's saying. I'm the problem. Jesus is the solution, and the result is a miracle. Whenever you try to bring your problems and put them on someone else, they're all coming back on you. We're all made of the same stuff. We're just in denial of saying, that's me too. It's easy to point fingers. Believe me, three are coming back. We all have the same things going on. What you see in someone else is in you. That's why you see it in someone else. But you're just in denial to say it's me too. Simple fact. That's pride. It's pride. That's what it is. God can't work with pride. That's where the willpower comes in. I can do this. I'll show you how strong I am. Okay. And then God will say, all right, I'll let you go. All right, now go with me to Psalm... 119. You know, it's nice to be able to come to church and get something you can use, isn't it? Then to just scratch your itchy ears and tell you, well, it's going to be all right, you're going to go to heaven. Yeah, we are. But what do I do in the meantime? Well, I'm down here. I need some help to get through this life. I need some tools. I'm going to give them to you. Look at Psalm 119. Look at verse 143. I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to read Psalm 119 this week when you go home. Read Psalm 119. Can you do that for me? Psalm 119, can you just do that for me? I'm asking you for a favor. Read Psalm 119 for me, the whole psalm. Ask God, Lord, teach me through this psalm. Pray, ask God into it, and read it. And you're going to get an un unbelievable understanding of God's word. It'll, it'll, it'll blow your mind. Look at, verse, look at verse 143. As pressure and stress... Bear down on me. You ever get that feeling of stress and pressure? It seems like it's just pushing down on you. Holding you down. Stopping you from doing anything. Look what he says. I find joy in your commands. He's talking about his word. I find joy in your word. Your laws or your word is are always right. Help me to understand them so I may live. You see it? We need help to understand how God works and how the Word of God works. How many of us need to get an understanding of this? You know what I'm talking about. We all need to get it. We have to understand it before we can use it. Can I get an amen here? If we don't understand it, we can't use it. It says he prayed for that, though. Look what he says. Help me to understand them so I may live. 
Look at verse 145. I pray with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. I will obey your decrees. I cry out to you. Rescue me that I may obey your laws. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your You see it? Not in some picture on the wall. Jesus is the words of God. You find hope in the words of God. You see what he said? Look at verse 147. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help. This is King David now talking. Right? And put my hope in your words. That's how he starts his day. How do you start your day? Do you do that? If you do that, he will help you. Can I get any men here? You have to do it though. That, he doesn't do for us what we can do for ourselves. Like get up early and cry out for help and put hope in his word. A big amen there, right? All right, one more, one more before we close. Okay, Psalm 28. And pick up on this next week. I'll tell you what, I was really stressed out this week myself. It was so hot in the body shop. Everything was going wrong. My car, my air conditioner won't work. I'm like, I can't believe it. I was so pressured and stressed out. Burnt me right up. I was like, what am I going to do? It was brutal. But I trusted the Lord. Here I am. I'm fine. <laughs> I griped a little bit, though. It was bad. I'm, in other words, when I'm hot and bothered and it's really hot out, like I'm in no room to debate with anybody, so I don't talk to anybody. Because I already know I'm, gonna fall, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to maintain my spirit. I just can't do it. It's too, too burnt out. You have to, The whole thing is to know yourself. Say, look, I can't get into any conversations about God or anything right now because I know I'm going to be like a snapping turtle. All right, I'm the only one, right? I'm the only snapping turtle in here. We got alligator snappers in here all over the place. Oh, no. But I'm being honest with you. See, I'm so telling you, I'm telling you, I go through the same thing you do. I'm trying to be real with you so you understand that when you're in that kind of a, a position, don't get into conversations with people that you know you're going to get into an argument with them. The devil just sets that up for us. If you know yourself saying, listen, I can't, just go, pray, try to stay cool, and don't get into conflict till it subsides. That's what I had to do, because other than that, well, my wife got something. She's, 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 she's my right hand. What am I going to do? No. But I, I'm weak. When I'm weak, I'm weak. When I'm strong, I'm strong. So we're all in the same boat here. We have to understand, like, don't try to be somebody you're not. You know, when it's time, like, listen, just don't get into conflict with anybody. If you keep your mouth shut, you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say anything. You learn the hard way sometimes, though, don't we? We say it, and then we say, you know what, I shouldn't have said that. The devil made me do it. There we go again. No, the devil didn't make you do anything. He might have tempted you, but you carried it out. Big amen there, right? Now look what it says. Look at verse 7. 28. 
verse 7. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with half my heart. Oh, that's the problem. If you don't trust him with your whole heart. The only reason why Joshua and Caleb got in the promised land is because they trusted him wholeheartedly. He says they have a different spirit in them. They trusted me wholeheartedly. The rest of the nation didn't. So they didn't get in. When you trust him wholeheartedly, is when he says it right here. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord gives his people strength. He is a safe fortress for his anointed king. Save your people. Bless Israel, your special possession. Lead them like a shepherd and carry them in your arms forever. That's the God of the Bible. He's going to carry us in his arms forever. And he's going to take us home safely someday. If you put your trust in him. Can I get a big amen there? All right, thank you for letting me share that. We'll pick up with this next week. I'm going to call the ushers to come up, take up the collection. I hope I helped you this morning.
is great, isn't he? He is great. Hey, you want to come close to prayer? Lord, we're so grateful and thankful for this beautiful church, Lord. Lord, you told us in Luke 19.10 for the Son of Man came to save those who are lost. Lord, I just pray for anyone out there that might not be saved, Lord, that you would convict them of their need for you as their Savior, Lord, and reveal to them the eternal torment that will wait for them if they are not turning to you before it's too late. Yes, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would bless the church and the congregation, Lord. We're so grateful to have such an amazing and faithful congregation, Lord. Always willing to help, Lord, with the church whenever is needed. Lord, I just pray for anybody out there that is truly seeking you, Lord, that you would reveal the way ministries to them, Lord, and guide yes, them Lord. here, Lord, either through in person or through the live feed, Lord, so they may find the truth in your word, Lord, and become part of your family. I pray all this in the holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Dave. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Until we meet again, God bless. Peace. Peace.